on this week's Behind the Curtain, we are going to be talking about Alex Shelley, who just defeated Josh Alexander at Bomb for Glory. I have the school who I think should be the next challenger for the Impact World title. We're going to be talking about that. Also, we're going to be talking about Sonata's IWGP World title race not being pushed to his potential. And I have a little bit of my opinion of what's going on here that I just don't like his title ring. Also, we're going to be talking about Billy Corgan and his little comment he said about other promotions. We're going to have that and much more on the Chokeslam Wrestling Report segment behind the curtain. We came out here to tell you to your face, you can't get ready for us. No, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report segment series behind the curtain as we are going to be talking about this week about certain topics and none of them probably may not be about WWE but a little stuff that's going on on professional wrestling as a whole. So first thing I'm going to want to talk about is Alex Shelley. For those who saw Beyond, oh not Beyond, Bomb for Glory, I don't know why I said Beyond. Bound for Glory this past weekend. They saw Alex Shelley defeat Josh Alexander and whatnot. And, you know, um, honestly, I'm a little um, not too happy about that because for the simple fact that why is Impact still, you know, having Alex Shelley with this title? And whatnot. That's the first thing. Second of all, Josh Alexander never lost the Impact World title. He had to forfeit the belt because he had a tour bicep or a tricep, one of those, and he was out for a while. But even though I'm in, I like this and the whole thing going on now, as far as the <coughs> the uh, you know this whole transition that's coming up with. Um, Impact, which is now they're going back to TNA, where we're going to be discussing that this weekend. Alex Shelley is still the world champion. Now, am I taking anything away from Alex Shelley? No, not at all. I think Alex Shelley is a great professional wrestler and whatnot. I mean, he's been multiple tag team champ with uh, his uh, Chris Saban, his partner for the Mostly Machine Gun. He had uh, various title rings as the IWGP tag team champion in Japan with Kushida as the time splitter. The man is a legend. But he's a legend. I put it that way in the wrestling scene, especially in TNA. But they still have him beat Josh Alexander. So now my question was, who will be his next challenger? Well, I saw destruction at Royal Goku from New Japan this past weekend. And there was a six-man tag in that. And, I mean, this show was, I think it was October 9th they happened. It was a couple of weeks ago. I, You know, I'm catching up with all this New Japan stuff, which I finally did. Um, 
And I noticed that in this match, it was a six-man tag with the never-open six-man tag team champions, Hiroshi Tadahashi, Kosuko Okada, and Tomohiro Ishii, who are the champs. They went against Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, the Motor City Machine Guns, and Josh Alexander. And this match was a pretty good match. I mean, I was wanting, I wanted to see a one-on-one against Okada and Josh Alexander. Didn't really happen a lot in that match. There was little counters here and there, you know, saying they kind of wrestle each other. But the interesting part that caught my eye was the fact that Alex Shelley took the pin or got the was pinned in that match by no other than Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, with that being said, I mean, Kevin Kelly made it clear right away. He said, this is very interesting. Tanahashi just pinned Alex Shelley, who happens to be the Impact World Heavyweight Champion. So now in my head, I'm like, hmm, that's very interesting. So are we going to see now Tanahashi go to, uh, unless they already happen, I'm not sure, because usually after these pay-per-views, they do, they pretty much do the, um, you know, the, 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 the recording of uh, house shows or whatever you want to call it. They do recordings for the, for the next impact show or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I haven't seen anything that Shelly and Tanahashi are scheduled to wrestle each other. But that is very interesting. Even though we know that he's still going to wrestle each other, most likely Alex Shelley will defeat Hiroshi Tanahashi. So I think basically that should be his next opponent. You know what I'm saying? But is Impact going to do that? Are they going to act like, you know, this pen never happened? Because it hasn't been said. It hasn't been brought up. But I'm sure that the fact that this is happening, you know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. But, you know, this is a very interesting situation. Very interesting situation. Now, um, as you guys heard, now Impact is going to be known as TNA all over again. That I will definitely be talking about this weekend on my YouTube channel. And how Impact slash TNA and NWA are trying to get the number two spot away from AEW. But I will be talking about that this week and about that. But Alex Shelley being the world champion is, um, I don't know. He's not a bad champion. Not at all. I just figure like, I figure Josh Alexander will beat him and get the title. And when I get the title back, because he never lost the title. You know what I'm Tanahashi should should be the next challenger for Mr. Uh, Alex Shelley. Now, the thing is, I know that Chris Saban is, I believe he's still the X Division champ. So it looks like TNA, or Impact, is putting the two main titles on the old school guys and whatnot. And it's something that, um, that I noticed, you know what I'm saying? That they have the you know the, these tag team belts, not tag team belts, the singles belt on them. Of course, uh, um, you know I, I guess I, I don't know. Scott the Moore is old school. Scott the Moore has come from back in the days from TNA, so 
that's something to, you know, to focus on, you know. Um, I know Jordan Grace showed up again and whatnot. She became, she was part of that uh, whole battle royal, uh, make your call, whatever it is called. Um, I'm not a big Jordan Grace fan at all. I used to, but once I met her in person one time, nasty attitude, very nasty. And I'm always going to bring it. I think that's the only wrestlers that I did a meet and greet with that gave me attitude. Didn't like his attitude. Carlito gave me a little bit of attitude, but you know what I'm saying? He was cool, but Jordan Grace was the worst. And I will always say that. That's why I don't, I don't, I, I mean, and that night she was part of the tournament for the House of Glory uh, women's title. And, you know, she, I forgot who she beat up and she was hitting her hard. And it was because I guess the girl did a move that kind of was a little bit bots like but but they brought Jordan Grace back um so I don't know what's the story that now she's gonna get another title shot she's beginning to be the, the the Charlotte Flair of impact so you know um but again Tanahashi Hiroshi Tanahashi pinning uh Alex Shelley at destruction of Royal Coup was a shocker to me I mean I would figure I mean they we're not gonna put Josh Addison to get pinned. They were not gonna have Chris Sabin get pinned. You know what I'm saying? Because Chris Sabin is the X Division champion. I mean, I think it would have made more sense though. But is Tadahashi gonna go and wrestle Chris Sabin for the X Division champion? I mean, doesn't make no sense. You know, um, but it makes a lot of sense where Alex Shelley is now has to you know be aware that he got to defend that belt against um, Hiroshi Tadahashi. You know, this whole thing with New Japan, I remember when New Japan and Impact started working together, um, you know, I was like, mm, they're just sending them the, the light work. They brought Phantasmo in, I remember, then they brought in uh, one, one point big uh, Jonah was in there, who's now um, Bronson Reed. He was in there at one point. Um, they brought in at one point Kenta. Kenta was there this week, uh, this past weekend. Uh, they were bringing little by little guys, and now they're bringing in, you know, the. I think, I don't, I'm sure Tadahashi has wrestled for Impact, but it must have been a multiverse. I'm, I'm not sure if he had been in the, like in the, in the, in the TV shows and whatnot. Now, my question is now that Impact will be known as TNA, is New Japan going to be happy with this? I mean, even though this happened years ago when Dixie Carter was in charge and whatnot. Um, you know, you never know. I mean, I think New Japan and Impact has had a good working relationship since 2020, uh, thanks to AEW, Tony Khan, because uh, I think uh, I always say uh, Impact took advantage of that and then stopped having working relationships with with AEW when in reality, when Kenny Omega was the world champion, they were getting more views than ever. And if you look at their views now, they only get 74,000 views a week. Now, it's not by any fault of theirs, but look who owns them, Anthem. And they got Access Channel. Not a lot of people got that channel, Access Channel. So whether you change your name or not, I mean, you're not getting a lot of views, first of all. So, again, I will be talking about this coming up this weekend. Um in my YouTube channel, um, and we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to break it down, uh, how NWA and TNA 
are trying to grab that number two spot from AEW and whatnot. So uh, we'll be right back after this. This is the infamous ultimate one from the Boogie Down Bronx, and you're listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. talk about sonata sonata the new japan pro wrestling iwgp world heavyweight champion now sonata won this belt by beating okada this past i believe was in may probably around summertime he beat him um he won the uh new japan cup to begin then you know first of all he left um los ingobernables de japón which he was a member for the for them for for years the 20 i believe was 2016 2015 something like that and sonata i for i for one felt that sonata always had the tools as a world champion in japan now let's not talk about what he was when he was in tna what was he called i mean he's mentored by the great muda and whatnot but i always felt that when he became part of lohengo when i was de Japón, that he had the tools to become a world champion he had a lot of wrestling matches with okada when okada was the world champion when okada was hot i believe it was 2016 or 2017 i mean nobody could be okada okada i think had like about 12 title defenses 15 title defenses in a year you know something unheard of nowadays but anyway, I digress. Um, you know, 15, 12 title defenses where Okada was unbeatable. Sonata always gave a problem to Okada. Now, the problem was they can never pin Okada. He never could beat Okada. These two guys have, I mean, he did beat him in probably in the G1 climbers at one point. I mean, he did beat him in the, in the finals, I believe, too, or semifinals. But for that world title, he was never able to beat Okada until this year when he actually pinned Okada after winning the New Japan Cup. He wrestled Okada. He changed his whole look because he had this blonde hair, blonde um, beard, as it was part of the Ogobernables. But then when he had this kind of a little feud with Taichi, him and Taichi had a great match. Um, I believe it was during the uh, New Japan Cup, great match, and Taichi kind of respected Sanada for the hell of a match these guys used to have, and then that's when they created just five guys. Just five guys was Duki, uh, Taichi, uh, uh, I believe it was Kanemaru, who was uh, uh, Takamishinoko. Missing one, and those, and then Sonata. So there was five guys. Now, just recently, I think uh, uh, Destruction in Kobe in September, uh, uh, Kanemaru turned on the Judge Five guys. They just added one of the uh, 
Um, one of the young lions who came back, Juju Anamora, is now a member of the Ingobernables, not Ingobernables, uh, the Just Five Guys. But, so now, you know, he was he became part of this group, Five Guys, and I'm talking about Sonata. Sonata became the world champion. Now, Suen Sonata won the title and whatnot. Now, we, weren't, we didn't know who he was going to be defending the belt. Um, he, he pretty much he was preparing himself for the G1 Climax. He came to AEW, and um, actually before he came to AEW, he had um, he wrestled a new member. Oh, my God, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name. I forgot his name, but uh, he's part of the Nagovanado. He's a new member. He wrestled him, and then when he went to AEW, where he was supposed to be a Forbidden Door, they gave him Jungle Boy. Now, Jungle Boy had just finished having a world title match in a three-way or four-way with MJF. And right after that, that I believe was double or nothing, he um, got a title shot at Sonata. My, my thing was, why the hell would New Japan allow um, Jungle Boy to get a title shot against Sonata? And to me, when they did that, I felt that it made him look weak. You know what I'm saying? He beat Jungle Boy like nothing. He beat him probably less than nine minutes in that match. That's when Hook turned on, on, um, not Hook, uh, Jungle Boy turned on Hook and he clotheslined him and whatnot and led off to, you know, now Hook being a heel. Not Hook, I keep saying Hook, uh, Jungle Boy turning into a heel. Um, to me, I saw that and I was like, what the hell? You know, I'm like bugging out. And, um, and I'm saying to myself, you know, Jungle Boy. Then from there, they had him in the, he was doing, he was undefeated in the, um, in the G1 climax onto the finals. I don't remember who he lost to. I think he lost to, uh, to evil in the semifinals. And then, to me, another explanation to me, I'm like, he is the IWGP world champion. You make him undefeated through the whole tournament. But in the semifinals, you make him lose. Why? Just to give a title shot to Evil. And honestly, Evil doesn't doesn't um, deserve a title shot. You know what I'm saying? At that point, I'm not saying that evil sucks because I love evil. I mean, I just felt like he didn't deserve a title shot at that point. You know, you could have gave it to, you know, to other, someone, someone else besides evil, you know. Um, but instead, they didn't do that. Instead, they gave him to start having these matches with after the G1 with evil. And that went on from, I believe, from September all the way to like, Destruction of Kobe. They met in tag teams. They met in six men. They met in ten men, eight men, because that's the way Japan does. Before Big Show, they always put them in tag teams, and everybody in the tag team is, uh, you know, they're gonna end up facing each other in one of the big shows and whatnot. So to me, it's like, you know, you could have given them a title shot against, um, you know. David Finley, who's right now probably the biggest heel in there, even though he lost the never open weight title to uh, Tama Tonga and whatnot. Um, 
So I just didn't, I just don't understand. I just didn't, I don't understand why they're making this man look not like a world champion. So as I kept looking at this, all of a sudden, um, during the summer, of course, the G1 Climax winner was Naido. Now, Naido lost the first three matches in the G1 tournament, but he ended up winning, I think it was two matches or three matches he ended up losing, but he ended up winning the G1 Climax, and it hit me. I'm like, they've been doing a storyline where Naido, for the last two years, they keep saying that he wants to go and have one more Wrestle Kingdom moment, the main event, and whatnot. Because Naido is up there in age. Naido has done everything. Naido's going to be a legend. Naido is a Hall of Famer in Japan, and whatnot. He just he this year he just he uh, beat Muda. I mean Muda's over, you know, but he put him. He retired him. So that whole scenario of him retiring Muda, who happens to be the mentor of Sonata puts this whole situation now where Naido just won the tournament. He just beat, I forgot who he beat for, for the, um, I think it was Hanari. I think he beat, I forgot who it was. He, he gave a, a, a contract, the contract, uh, shot to, for that person to beat him before that. Uh, if he beat Naido, he would have got a contract for the title shot at Wrestle Kingdom. But now I know why, because they most likely, are we going to see Naido beat Sonata for the IWGP world title at Wrestle Kingdom come January 4th? And if it happens, I'm not going to be too happy because I feel that they could have put, they could be pushing Sonata more and more as, as a champion. Now, I could say as someone who watches New Japan for wrestling, I've been noticing the New Japan right now is going through a transition of a young for younger talent. A lot of the of young lions are coming back from excursion. You know what I'm saying? Um, so Yola Sushi, that's a guy who came. That's the guy from uh, Ngobanaz who I've been trying to say all, all, all during this whole segment right now. Yola Sushi, he uh, used to be a young lion. Juju Onimura. He's another young lion who's part of the Just Five guys. And they got Master Wado, uh, Yo and Show. I mean, they got a bunch of young talent right now coming on. And this is what I did at the, the podcast this week um, on my YouTube channel about Will Osprey. Will Osprey, his contract comes up on February, you know, in February of next year. I still feel like and, uh, New Japan should sign him and have him lead these young lions. But don't take the belt. Sanaa's another guy. Sanaa's not a not an old guy. Sanaa's still young. And I believe that Sanaa, you can have Sanaa up there and whatnot in, 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 as a world champion and have Will Ospreay go after the belt because Will Ospreay has been calling Sanaa out for the Ben Longers. Now that he went and took the United States IWGP belt and changed it to the UK belt. But then, you know, some, some of the announcers call it the U.S. slash U.K. belt, IWGP champion. So, you know, I want to, I would love to see a Sonata versus Will Ospreay. You know what I'm saying? That would be perfect. That would be beautiful. These guys, the last time they had a match, Sonata, I think uh, Will Ospreay broke Sonata's orbital and he was out for, for months. 
but uh, Sonata should be up there wrestling the best. I feel like he they they put him in matches and he like you know he he's not being put or, or produced or promoted like the world champion should be like an Okada. You know what I'm saying? I know Okada's the face of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but you know what I'm saying? It looks like Okada's taking a break right now being the six-man tag champs with Ishii and Tadahashi. But my question, my thing is, why are you not pushing Sonata the way he's supposed to be? The IWGP World Champion should be up there with a WWE Champion. I don't care what anybody says. If you're a true pro wrestling fan, the, the IWGP World Title is up there with the WWE world title. Not the universal title, though. WWE world title. Okay? Respect. There's so many people who have won that belt and whatnot. Even though they, 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 they did another edition last year or the year before, and now it's like he's thinking he's the seventh IWGP world title. But the world title's been around. They just didn't call it the world title. They all call it the IWGP title, which was considered a world title anyway. So, but... He should be pushed to that level. And I don't think New Japan Pro Wrestling is doing that. All because they've been building this story with Naito and whatnot. And for Wrestle Kingdom. Now, do I see Sonata beating Naito at Wrestle Kingdom? I think he will. The reason for because Naito has had his chance as an IWP world title. He was a double champ when he had the Intercontinental title. The Intercontinental title, the IWGP Intercontinental title that was talked about being brought back. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think they are thinking of bringing it back. You know, they, they do need to fix that damn never open weight title that um, Tama has a damn belt buckles on the side of falling apart. They need to fix that belt. They need a new belt on that. So, um, but yeah, but I think uh, Sanaa should be in a better spot, better position um, as a world champion. You know, I mean, I, I I notice everything. So, you know, it is what it is, but we'll see. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom is January 4th. Uh, Sanaa just beat Evil in a, in, a, in a lumberjack match, which was, these guys were handcuffed to each other. It was just a crazy match. Actually, was it that one? No, that wasn't that one. That was another match. Um, there was somebody was handcuffed. I was Taishi versus uh, Yo, and I think that's what kind of model turned on Taishi and when I and the Just Fight guy saw. But the uh, Evil versus Sonata was a lumberjack match. That's what it was. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, New Japan Pro Wrestling matches are the greatest, and I'll say the greatest because those matches are off the hook. A lot of people don't follow it. Um, especially, you know, AEW fans or pro wrestling fans and some podcasters don't like finding, uh, don't like following New Japan, but they should because some of the AEW storylines come from New Japan. Yes, there's got to be connected dots, buddy. And that's, that's the way it is. I mean, AEW works with New Japan. So, you know, I mean, they work with uh, CMML, you know what I'm saying? AEW now started working with CMML. Triple A may not like it, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. We'll see what happened with Sonata. And Sonata's going to be Naito. Well, we'll see you January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom. We'll be back with more. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid. And you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report.
Welcome back. So now let's talk about Billy Corgan, the owner of the NWA. This man, every time he opens his mouth, he say things that make you scratch your head sometimes. Because you got to ask yourself, what is this man talking about? But this one, he said, you won't see me cutting promos on WWE like other people do for cheap pop. Now, my thing in that one is why in the hell would you even say such a thing? and whatnot when in reality you know you trying to get yeah i don't understand and 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 if you're trying to make wrestling better right why would you go and take shot at the number two company in the in the you know in the world which i'm talking about AEW, because that little thing he said about you know um the uh you know i don't i don't i don't take shots at you know um wwe you know and the uh and you know when it comes to promos you know and i'm like you know you don't need to say that now i'm trying to look here the uh the actually let me see uh oh there you go he i'm trying to look for the for a little the story this came from fight for select he wrote and i mean not they wrote but they wrote yeah billy corgan won't be throwing shots at wwe billy corgan has his vision of wrestling which he implemented through his ownership of the nwa corgan wants physical matches with a story behind them which he knows might not be for everyone corgan recently got into social media spat with they melted over ethics and match critics now before I continue, this man getting into a media spat with Dave Mercer and whatnot. My question is, for what? Mercer is another guy who does, half of the time things he says he don't make sense and things he says sometimes is not true. So you put yourself to get into arguing with, with Dave Meltzer and whatnot. And Meltzer arguing with a guy who his company is not really doing much. You know what I'm saying? They just supposedly got a TV deal for net for I think starting next year at C uh the channel CW. Uh, well, I'm gonna be talking about that this week on the YouTube channel and whatnot. But Corgan recently got into a spat with Dave Meltzer. That's that's laughable. That's laughable. Speaking on Kurt Angle's show, Corgan gave further comments on NWS place place in wrestling and sport in general. He says not that hard we inside a bubble can't fight about all this stuff talk about this stuff but the general public more people have turned on professional wrestling in the last 10 years than the previous 50 combined Dave Meltzer will probably run a stat to tell me that I'm wrong all I'm saying is wrestling deserves to be mainstream part of the culture what has happened and I believe this is the root of the of the WME acquisition of WWE they are going to bring wrestling back to the mainstream. It's not a bad thing. Little kids who don't know anything about the smart mark stuff need to be able to just go to a show. Let's not lose the childish innocence of something seeing good house show match between two great workers who tell a good story might be different of that kid becoming a lifelong wrestling fan. Here I am 45 years later talking about Jerry Blackwell. Something stuck with me. Let's not lose sight of the vibe in the business. Anyway, so... He say, uh, I'm trying to look here. 
He said, that's why you won't see me cutting any promos about WWE like a lot of other people do for cheap heat. You could read the map they, there the way you want it. WWE has never done anything but treat me right. WWE as a business welcomes the NWA in the wrestling ecosystem. Now, reading that part, that WWE assessed them, accepts them in the ecosystem. WWE has not done anything to him. Well, what he don't understand is that, let's say, theoretically speaking, the NWA blows up, becomes the number two spot, becomes the number two promotion in a number two spot, and, you know, is there, you know? And all of a sudden now they, you know, they're getting a lot of views. They're getting a million views. Do you think that for any reason that WWE won't try to crush him like they tried to did to MLW? And that's why MLW right now is in court with them for them trying to stop them from going to Vice. See, this goes to show you that Billy Corgan is ignorant, which he thinks that, oh, because they haven't done anything to WWE and the WWE respect them and allows them in the ecosystem that they won't try to take them out. No, come on. This guy is, this guy is delusional. He's delusional. And you know, it's, it's this guy, I don't know. And, and then for him to say that they don't take, they don't do promos and take cheap pop at WWE, like other companies, he's taking a shot at AEW and he's been better with AEW for a while because Back in 2020, NWA and AEW started working like a little thing. That's when the whole Forbidden Door thing was going on and whatnot. And they had Thunder Rosa, the NWA World Champion, representing NWA at AEW. But he thought that he could go and, you know, let them use Thunder Rosa as the NWA World Champion. But when they had this, uh, the all-women's pay-per-view i believe it was two years ago and they had i think velvet uh not velvet sky red velvet and somebody kelly klein whatever whatever her name is it, they they had they had wrestlers female wrestlers from aew in there in this i think it was like a, a tournament or a show whatever it was and all the aew girls lost to the nwa girls and he thought that Tony Khan was not going to say nothing about that. He he burned bridge right there with AEW after that bullshit. Tony Khan was pissed because he actually thought that one thing to if one of the girls lose one match, but to lose, I think it was three matches, all the AEW girls lost. This guy's a clown. And I was going to say, Billy Corgan is a clown. You know what I'm saying? And uh, like I said, I won't be talking about this coming up on Sunday, which uh, we're going to be talking about the attempt of TNA and NWA trying to get the number two spot. And I'm going to give you my uh, opinion and my feedback on that. And it's going to be very interesting, guys. So you should check that out. That's going to be a, a, a little podcast that you're going to enjoy my, you know, my whole thing and my whole thought about it. But, you know, and, and the stuff that Billy Corgan says, it's more stuff than this. But I'm going to save it for Sunday because this guy... He actually thinks that he could bring any wrestler, but come in for fun. I don't have the money, but if you come in for fun, if you want to enjoy yourself, what? Wrestlers ain't want trying to. They're not coming to wrestle to your company for fun. They want to get paid. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, this guy's 
clown. So we'll be right back with more wrestling news and rumors. Uh, a little bit AEW collision. We're going to be talking about that. And we're back. So pretty much we're going to be talking a little bit of news and rumors. I mean, I saw WWE this past Friday, a little bit of SmackDown, not much. Um, It looks like WWE and are planning to do the war game brand versus brand. The question is, who are going to be involved in this war games? Now, uh, I'm sure that probably Judgment Day, Unless they're going to put Judgment Day to team up with Cody Rose versus the Bloodline or whatever. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but I mean, this, to me, it's like, go do a War Games. You, brand versus Brand. They already started because uh, I think um, Jimmy Uso uh, went last Monday and pretty much um, attacked Jay Uso. Of course, him and Cody, the tag team belts and whatnot. And so we saw that, but then this Friday, um, when John Cena was in the ring with, um, ready to go at it. Oh, he actually went at it with Sosa Core. Jimmy went in and attacked, uh, um, John Cena and out of nowhere, you saw Jay Uso come out of nowhere and super kick Jimmy beat him up and they had security separate them. And then Adam Pierce and Jay Uso were escorted out of SmackDown. So that looks like now we're going to have Nick Elders and Adam Pierce um, go like have this one-on-one situation. And I believe yesterday Nick Elders apologized for kicking out Adam Pierce out of SmackDown. So the question is, who are going to be the combatants in this so-called war games that they're planning to do for Survivor Series? Now, Survivor Series, real quick, I still think that CM Punk will show up at Survivor Series. And the reason I say that is because they're doing it in Chicago. And second of all, they sold out Survivor Series um, and they added more seats and they're going to, instead of having the big, um, the big uh, Titan Tron, they're not having the big Titan Tron uh, for that event. They're going to do a little shorter. I think they're going to do like a Madison Square Garden type and whatnot. Um, and uh, like a rampway. So, um, but I still believe that CM Punk is going to show up at Survivor Series and whatnot. It's in Chicago. Why would not he, you know, why would he not come to, uh, you know, to WWE? And then, you know, you got Nick Housen, who's been around, you know, he's the, the, the puppet for CM Punk. You know, I don't trust, I don't say, you know, I don't, I don't trust anything that man says. Even though the House of Wrestling is this his uh, little, I think his little, um, you know, thirsty or whatever, but he's been, you know, speaking for CM Punk. So, you know, that's something that uh, I'm not surprised, but it is what it is. And, you know, so um, again, I, I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to the war games uh, in the uh, in WWE. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. Also, they keep teasing uh, Jay Carhill and um, um, like confronting 
you know, um, certain people. She confronted Charlotte already. She confronted Becky Lynch. Now we had, uh, not long ago, um, Becky Lynch confronting the women's champion, Rhea Ripley. Um, so we don't know this. I mean, there's a lot of rumors going on, going around. Um, they still, the, the, the plan is, um, according to the Wrestling Observer, that they're gonna still going to have the Roman Reigns versus Cody and whatnot, Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, uh, Bianca Belair, no, not Bianca Belair, I'm sorry, Jake Cargill against Charlotte Flair. I forgot who was the other one. Um, it's another fourth match. I can't, I can't remember right now. But that's that's the plan. Those are the, the rumors going around that you see that in Facebook, you see it in Twitter. But it's not a sure thing. I mean, you got, the, especially Facebook, they got 30, 30 sheep radio clowns. I'm going to call them straight out the, what it is, clowns. Bunch of guys who talk crap. They were talking somebody. They saw a picture of CM Punk with the number one, like showing one, and I think he was in a hockey a hockey game with the Blackhawks, and the the guy wrote, "Oh, CM Punk is acknowledging Roman Reigns, and he's on his way to WWE." How do you know? Was you backstage? Do you have access to backstage? No, you a clown. You a guy who probably go and get little quotes from Five Select. Wrestle talk, and you put it in your little Facebook. To, you know, for, then you got all these other clowns following you and whatnot. So, this is it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, just because he did the number one in the Blackhawk game, he's acknowledging Roman Reigns. And the funny thing, I thought it was a joke. Like I thought somebody just posted that for a joke, and my man got chewed out because automatically they were like, oh, "What?" What does that mean? Doesn't mean that he signed with WWE. He's saying he's probably saying number one, the first goal. I forgot who the black hole player was, and that's it. But you know, people fall for this shit. That's the funny part. If they fall for it, so let's talk talk about AEW Collision. I saw Saturday, which I had a lot of fun watching. That um, the only thing that's a little confusing that I could say and whatnot is the fact that. Um, um, let me see. Was it? Nope. Wait a minute. Let me see real quick. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know I wrote it down. Collision. Collision was pretty good. And Collision had the, well, people kind of try to correct people talking about it wasn't a really a dream match since Brian Danielson and Andrade's fought in SmackDown when there was nobody around during the pandemic. But anyway, the Andrade's and uh, Brian Danielson match was pretty good. It was fun, um, and he lived up to the hype. Um, and then afterwards, they shook hands. But it was the what happened after the match. The lights went out, and once the lights went out, I said, "Is that Malachi Black?" Sure enough, Malachi Black or the uh, the House of Black. I thought they were all going to come up. Only Malachi Black came out, and he black masked Brian Danielson with a kick on the head, knock him out. And whatnot. So that that that's surprising. I'm like, good. I pay money to see Brian Danielson versus Malachi Black. I will pay money for that. So, you know, now it looks like it's gonna have House of Black versus the Blackpool Comeback Club, which is gonna be pretty good. See, well, when I saw that, I said, well, okay, there's three guys against three guys, four guys, because Willie Yuta is the um. 
and um, John Moxley and Brian, that's four guys. So I figured there was rumor going around Saturday night that um, Tammy Callahan was behind uh, backstage in collision. So I thought he was going to come out. He didn't come out at all. But, you know, it was interesting. The, the, the collision started very interesting. Sky Blue versus Hollywood. Haley, I don't know who this Haley is, but it looks like Sky Blue got missed. I, didn't even, I haven't seen that, but she got missed. And it's probably going to be part of the House of Black. I think Julia Hart threw the mist in her eyes and whatnot. So that was, you know, crazy. Now, another thing that I did not like about AEW Collision was a match between Eddie Kingston and Jeb Jarrett. And anything goes. You know what I'm saying? The funny thing is that why is Jeb Jarrett beating Eddie Kingston and whatnot in a street fight? And then the crazy thing is, is Eddie Kingston by himself were like, was it Jay Lethal, uh, Sam Sanyan Singh, uh, Sanjay Dutt, Karen Jarrett. So he had around four people attacking him. And I mean, in the end, he ended up losing the match because he got choke slam. He got hit with that. And I think he, no, he broke the guitar on Sanjay Singh. So, and I'm like saying, off to give Jay Lethal a title shot at the Ring of Honor World title. You know, I'm like saying, what the hell? So, I mean, and isn't this interesting? Because then after his, his promo that Eddie Kingston did was pretty good, which I, I, I enjoyed. He pretty much got real with uh, Mr. Jay Lethal. Also, we saw um, uh, Andretti versus uh, Miro, which that match, um, I don't know where they're going with this storyline with CJ Perry and uh, Miro. Uh, she's trying to get... Uh, trying to hire a wrestler. She approached, after Andrade lost to Miro, she approached Andrade about managing him. I don't know if he's going to take it, he's going to go for that or not. FTR attacked by House of Black. I mean, House of Black, which is beating up on everybody that um, Saturday night. Um, so they went and attacked FTR. And then the, uh, the main event, which it was uh, the Blackpool Combat Club versus uh, Starks and Big Bill for the F, uh, AEW World Tag Team title. Uh, the House of Black interfered on that also, but that at the end, um, they did a, uh, they pretty much did a, a probably a five on two on FTR. Brian Danish got in, there was still the numbers game. Then afterward, um, John Moxley came into the fold, then FTR came off, and so they pretty much defended off the uh, House of Black, but it's funny because House of Black t- or turned to Ricky Starr and Big Bill said, come on, let's go in there and fight them. And Big Bill stopped. So did House of Black, but Ricky Starr got caught. So he got beat up during the whole um, encounter and he uh, pretty much um, you know, um, got swung by Claudio on the, uh, the Swedish swing, whatever they call that. Then they had Battle of the Belts. We had Cassidy, Orange Cancer versus John Silver. Uh, Cassie ended up winning that match. They had some more Joe versus Tony Nese, which was a fucking joke. I don't know why they still... Tony Nese is a waste of time. They should get rid of him. Let's just send him packing. So, and then William Nightingale versus Chris Stanley for the TBS title match. Um, and um, William Nightingale lost that match against Chris Stanley. That was another match. I don't forgot what the hell it was. But... Uh, so AEW Collision Battle of the Bills was all right, wasn't that bad, um, but 
AW Collision this week rise above 500 viewers. So it's second consecutive week. Now, I hate to say this, and I hate to do this, but uh, people were talking, telling me that how is AEW Collision now that CM Punk is not there? Well, CM Punk was there. They weren't getting 500,000 500, views, you know, two weeks in a row. They were in the 300s, 400s. CM Punk was the main event all, all, those, all that time. And now they're hitting the 500 up because it was a good show. Check out the viewing numbers for AEW Collision on October 21st. According to WrestleNomics. Oh, wait a minute. WrestleNomics? That's WrestleNomics? The same one that be bashing AEW? Oh, wow. Let's see. AEW Collision. You know, again, WrestleNomics. Whoa, 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 whoa. Exactly. Them. WrestleNomics. Wow. According to WrestleNomics, AEW Collision on October 21st drew 518,000 uh, viewers. This number is up from 504 viewers. The show drew on October 14th. This is the first time the AEW Collision has recorded 500,000 plus viewers in back-to-back weeks since July. And we still need CM Punk? Really? Yeah, okay. Saturday, uh, Saturday show posted a 0.16 ratings in the 18 to 49 demographic, also up from a 0.14 rating to prior Saturday. AEW Collision faced competition from multiple college football games and whatnot. And whatnot. So, you know, they had the top five most viewed AEW Collision uh, 20 videos on YouTube. So, new the AEW Tag Champs. Uh, uh, they faced the like I told you, Big Bill and and Stark faced BCC. We saw the Dining Show against Andrades, the Eddie Kingston against Jeff Jarrett, Andrade, Andretti versus Miro. You know, so they did pretty well 518,000 again, first time since July. So, anybody else gonna tell me anything else? Because you know, I'm tired of repeating myself. Keep saying that we don't need CM Punk. That shows Saturday shows you everything. Now, the only thing we could say is that people were like complaining that why is Okada and Cassidy teaming up against, you know, um, the BCC, which is Claudio and Danielson. Well, for one, Brian Danielson beat Okada. And for two, Orange Cassidy is part of chaos in Japan. In case people don't remember, Rocky Romero made that announcement, I believe, was last year. So I don't see the problem. I don't see any problem with it. So, again, sometimes you do have to connect the dots because that's the, I, I love it because there's a storyline behind it. You know what I'm saying? Orange Cassidy has been going at it with Moxley and that whole situation where they... Orange Cassidy was coming down the ramp and Moxley, and this was during the Battle of the Belts, the transition of the Battle of the Belts to Collision, and Moxley bumped into him, to Orange Cassidy, and they were about to go at it, and then Castelloni and Daniels they got in Orange Cassidy's face. So he said, you want to get in my face? I'm bringing Okada. And Okada's going to be in the States because Saturday, there's a, you know, um, there's a show for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Strong, uh, why not? So, the Okada's in the states, so why not? 
But anyway, that is it for me today as far as this podcast. Again, guys, thank you very much for supporting the audio podcast. Also, remember, I also have a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel, the Chokesland Wrestling Report. You guys can check out all the video contents that I have there. If you've missed any of my video contents, check it out. Get support to the podcast. Support this uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Hit that thumbs up. That will help my channel greatly. Check out my shorts that I have there also. So check that out. So as far as the audio podcast, Behind the Curtain, episode number five and whatnot. A lot of people has been enjoying this. Um, again, I want to give thanks to everybody who supports the podcast, even international. So many countries out there who are supporting and, and you know, people actually listening to my podcast. Um, if you guys want to, again, follow me on social media, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. And most of the time I'm on Twitter and whatnot. Support the podcast through those social media also outlet. Also check out the TCWR very That's TCWR dot very That is the podcast store. I got t-shirts, hat, and sweat uh hoodies actually in there. So guys could check that out. Again, that's TCWR dot very Again, TCWR dot very Impressive.com and check out all the merchandise in there and whatnot and check it out. And you know, because it's getting cold, so get the little hoodie there that support the podcast. I really appreciate it. So that is it for me today, guys. I will see you guys next week for another episode of Behind the Curtain, courtesy of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. Till then, guys, see you soon.